Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 200 years ago seems like a very long time, but when you think about it, it really isn't, especially when you talk about the Santa Fe Trail that ran right through Kansas City, stopping at three different locations right in our metro that led settlers out west. Diane Houston and I take a look at the Santa Fe Trail and what it meant to the area and how it helped Kansas City grow. Well, Diane, 200 years, that is a very, very, very long time, almost as old as you and I, right? 200 years is how long the Santa Fe Trail has been around and been part of Kansas City. And a lot of times you'll drive through the Grandview Triangle and, you know, you see the three trails crossing. You'll drive around, you'll see these brown signs that say Santa Fe Trail. But this was a vital, vital, vital passageway to really expand America, not just in Kansas City, but without this trail. I mean, we're talking about maybe America that doesn't get discovered till sometime later. Yeah, totally. And the Santa Fe Trail was essential to the reason that this area grew which I think is extremely important to bring up. And I love that you mentioned the Grandview Triangle because do you remember they renamed it? There was like a whole vote for that. They're like, we're going to rename it. I'm sure you were involved some way, right? I wasn't in that. That was before my time. I was busy (laughs) having beers in the bar. Um, No, this was way beyond my time. And and I I remember when they changed it to Free Trails trails Crossing and it kind of goes to show you, it's like, it's always going to be sandstone. It's always going to be Arrowhead. Yep. It's always going to be Arrowhead. It is yeah. no matter no matter what it is, it, it's always going to be kind of what that original name is and what we all grew up calling it. I mean, everybody—it's right. not just here in Kansas City, but all over the world. Everybody knows the Santa Fe Trail, the Oregon Trail, you know, the yeah. California Trail, all of that. But it was really started because Mexico finally gained independence and it opened up kind of a whole new frontier for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So Mexico did get independence from Spain, and like you could imagine, because there was a monopoly and uh, the Spanish had a monopoly in Mexico in that area. They would charge whatever they wanted for goods. And so when finally they got their independence from Spain, that opened up a legal trading route for the first time. And people just jumped right on board. They had to get, you know, merchandise from the east out very far west for that time period. And it wasn't, you know, a peaceful journey because at this point, 1821 is also the it's the bicentennial of the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we're just a state when this thing's happening here. I mean, legally being settled. And so everything out to the West again is Indian territory. So, you know, mind your danger. They didn't care. They all wanted to make the big cash. That's why they did it. I want to know about Bill Becknell, who was obviously the guy who I shouldn't say, obviously people don't know. You don't know until you start reading this stuff like I did, because you do an unbelievable work of telling us about everything that's happened in Kansas City for you know the last 200 plus years. But he right. was the guy who who like like strapped stuff onto a mule and says, all right, we're headed out right now. We're going to Santa Fe. He was kind of the guy that kind of started this whole thing. He was. And I, I read an article in the Kansas City Star recently that was actually pretty interesting. <laughs> 
surprisingly so. Um, about the Santa Fe Trail came, came out about the same time my article did about the Santa Fe Trail. Um, but they brought up, you know, that these old these old trails that were going across the the, the countryside, if you will, would have been old Indian traces, which I think does need to be pointed out. So we're we're borrowing, you know, everything that's new is when it was white. And I hate to say it that way, but history does kind of get told by the the conquerors, if you will. And so that, there were trails that led out there. But th- what, what William Becknell did is he started from Old Franklin, which uh, doesn't exist anymore because it's a floodplain. So they moved it to guess the to Newtown's name. They called it New Franklin. But the Old Franklin, which is near Columbia-ish, if you will. Um, and he he decided, well, I'm going to get some goods and I'm going to you know get some friends. He advertised and he said, you know, I'm going to go out to, you know, trade with Mexico. Who wants to come? And these people were, I mean, rough and tumble. They took all sorts of chances. And you're right. He did take mules. I'm like, that wouldn't have been my animal of choice. What would you but have taken back then? I mean, it's the 1800s. Often, what, but are often. they more comfortable to ride? Do they have air conditioning? Do they have a, you know, a, a 10 to CD changer in their ass? I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Why an oxen? Oxen carries more weight. That's okay. one reason they are slower, but there are some and mules. It, there's a lot to do with um, how you outfit yourself. But at this point, the reason that they chose mules really was because that's what Mexico used. So it was it was just, you know, why not? This is what's already being used. So he takes a, a pack train of mules along with his goods, gets out there, takes um, about seven months. No big deal. I was going to so, ask, how long are we talking here, man? This seems like bad. a very long time. Like I, I got the image of a mule going clippity clop, clippity clop, yeah. really slow. And we're talking from here to like Santa Fe, New Mexico. That that's not real close. Seven no. months to get this job done, Seven, man. Nine hundred miles. Wow. So you talk about this kind of stuff when it, yeah. So he goes and I mean, it's a miracle it gets there. And then he's taking a gamble too because he has no idea how he's going to trade. It all works out though. Miracles happen, right? And so he's able to return with a, a pretty, you know, penny in his pocket, gets back and within a year he's doing it again, but this time he did it with oxen. So this is all in 1821 and and this guy, you know, he made multiple trips uh, overland, of course is what you call it. And I I love anytime I talk, I don't normally talk trails and especially commerce trails because you know, I like people. I like mm-hmm. talking about people and things like that. And so this isn't normally my my jam. But what is, it is amazing to think that they were able to pull stuff like this off in 1821. Like these are already people that are coming from other areas. I mean, Missouri's new to them. They're like, sure, why don't we just go across and see what happens? Hope Native Americans don't kill us on our way. I mean, that, I mean, it was dangerous, so dangerous. And I think it's uh, interesting. So if you think about the trails being like an old trace, a lot of the pieces would have already kind of been there. This guy would have had to ford across uh, at Arrow Rock, which is a great old town if you've never been there. Um, he would They ferried across Arrow Rock to get across the river. And then they stay close to the riverbed, you know, for because it's going to be flatter near that. And they crossed over. And this is 1820s. And so there's nothing out here except for that Shoto's starting his trading post in downtown Kansas City. But there's really nothing out here. And it, it kind of goes near Lexington, Missouri. And then it crosses in to Jackson County in the northeast corner and then crosses down into like Raytown and across 435, you know, right there where you can, you know, spot, you know, the old Bannister Mall slash Cerner now. And it crosses over and then it it ends up going into what would have been the wilderness, Kansas territory. uh, It wasn't even a territory yet, really. Uh, It goes into Kansas. And around 122nd state line, which is exactly where I grew up. 
So that's why, you know, in the town that was there was New Santa Fe, which comes in later. But so, I mean, this trail was old, old. And of course, you're going to go the easiest route. So they went just straight through, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's kind of like cutting corners instead of taking a sidewalk. Yeah. Cut yeah. through the yard. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. But, but I think when you're going on a journey that far and that long, you've got to figure out a way to kind of shorten it up as, right. as much as you can. And so they kind of deviated from the plan, I guess, huh? A little, uh, little left, little right, little left, little right, and end up where yeah. they finally needed to be. Absolutely. And, and, and it's just like today. And I think that's also what's interesting because I watched some people on social media almost fight over stuff like this. Because they're like, well, the brown signs are by my house, and this is where the trail was. And I'm like, you guys, there's more than way to, one way to get somewhere. Yeah. Even back then, there was more than one way to get somewhere. And it, now, early on, there was one way to get there. You know, I mean, you just kind of went that trail. And you're not stupid. If you go off course, you're just causing yourself an element of danger just doing that. And, you know, I, I love, the, I, like I said, I don't love talking about necessarily, it's not my normal uh, topic to talk about, like, the Santa Fe Trail, but, you know, you think about the Santa, Santa Fe, Oregon and California trails. And I, of course, think back to my younger days, we, you know, since you and I combined are about 200 years old, we've decided mm-hmm. that the old Oregon troll game, right? On right. the Apple computer, who, who didn't start outfitting in independence, right? Who yeah. didn't have to ford the w- river. How many families did you kill? I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable because I actually, you can play it online old school Oregon trail. You can play it online and I make my students play it actually. And I give extra credit, whoever makes it without killing anybody and with the most money. <laughs> well, we all died from dysentery in that game. Yes, that's that's the one thing I truly remember. Like we're all, all dying from dysentery on, on that train or, or on, that, yeah. on that trail. But I mean, this, this trail was just kind of more than just a, a trail out West. I mean, it really did yeah. help kind of find, uh, you know, grow the area from, from Westport to independence, yeah. downtown Kansas city. I mean, and even out in new Santa Fe, like at 122nd mm-hmm. and state line, where you said you grew up, I mean, there it, it yeah. kind of touched all different parts of this city, right? It, it did, and that in the the way that the trails would grow, and and you have to think you're going to make the money by outfitting, and and it's at this point this they're all brand new to this, so it's kind of like, hey, we're going to start in Old Franklin. That's where we start. That's just where you start. Mm-hmm. But then as time went by, you know, Fort Osage was settled, you know, in 1808 ish, like or that the fort was built, and that was right on the Missouri River, and so all of a sudden it became clear. Wait a minute, like. Let's do some math here. It's a hundred miles ish from New, like Old Franklin to the border. Okay, around around a hundred miles. Well, if I take a flat boat, even before steamboats, mm-hmm. if I take a flat boat with all my stuff on it, I don't have to walk. I don't have to ford the river. I can just take the river. So all of a sudden, it kind of occurs to them around the eighteen into the eighteen twenties into the thirties. They're like, wait a minute, we could start further out west. Why wouldn't we do that? And so all of a sudden, an independence was created because, of course, when Jackson County was created, uh, was formed as a county, 1827 is when independence was founded. And it was founded almost by the government, which is kind of interesting because they had to, you had to find a county seat. Well, how do you find a county seat when no one lives here? Mm-hmm. So it's like independence sounds good. So they, they kind of, and they looked for a spot that was going to be near river of course and you have to have water there was a fresh spring there and you had to have uh like having the trail go by made sense and so they're like this looks great so they just went ahead and landed right there and then just a couple miles up to the north of independence there were landing spots that were safe to land your boats so it didn't take long for the starting point of the santa fe trail not to be 
in Old Franklin. You didn't start the Oregon Trail game in Old Franklin. You started the Oregon Trail game in Independence. And so that's where you would have started. You would have bought your supplies and then essentially move out west. And taking that old route I'm talking about, which is the one that goes, you know, southwest through uh, Kansas City proper today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing is, as you know, is the what was the scariest thing to do besides trying to hunt for some squirrel in the Oregon Trail? Game? Surviving winter. Win- OK, winter was bad, too. But that was because you took too long on your journey. Right. What was the other like? What was the time that you had to spend a little bit of money if you wanted to make it safely across it? You got to ford the river. Ah, right? that's right. Yes. Remember? Yeah. And if you paid the money, you could safely get across or you might lose a wagon. What if you lost an oxen? That was, that was the not end good, of it. But... That was the end of it. Yes. What, what so, I have always wondered is how much easier it would have been to really discover this nation had people just sailed around and started in like Oregon and worked their way backwards because they were going yeah. against the rivers the entire time. Like seriously, like yep. you're, you're going up the Mississippi when you should be going down. You're going across the Missouri when you should be going the other way. And it, like you're working yeah. double time, even though the rivers may provide that transportation, you're fighting the current the entire time. It's not exactly easy to do that. Six miles an hour, Missouri River. Oh not easy. Yeah, six miles an hour. Um, yeah, not good. And, and steamboats don't even arrive until later. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it would have made a lot more sense. But then I'd also argue that since the you know settlement starts on the east and moves to the west, that um, you know, kind of like I always say when I played the Oregon Trail game, if I would have seen that mountain range in front of me, I would have been like, I think I'll stay right here. I'll, yeah, I'll turn around and go back. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not turning into some Donner party. No, not um, at all. You don't want to do that. But but so so you jump on an independence. And, and I really yeah. find it fascinating that like independence, Kansas City, Westport, Old Santa Fe are, are all kind of their own like cities. Like and they're yeah. so close today, but back then so far apart and almost yeah. like rival cities, if you will, at that point in time. Totally. And in and, and what happens is in, in independence you've got to ford the blue river. So if you think about, and most people don't look at maps like I do all the time, the blue river empties in between independence and Kansas city empties into the Missouri river. So if you pass the blue river, which is the major river thoroughfare, especially for our bushwhackers love the Missouri river or excuse me, the blue river, because they would hide all over in the brush and there. But like, when you think about the blue river, it's literally the cutoff. So if you can get past independence, which they of course haven't figured this out yet, if you could get past independence and you would dock past in- independence further west, you could avoid fording the Blue River of having to cross it. But they didn't really figure that out at first. And so what ends up happening is independence, that major trail is developed. And that's the one that crosses through where I grew up uh, into 122nd state line into Kansas and, and emptying into Gardner and then out west. Mm-hmm. They also developed another trail and that was already an Indian trace. So again, this is going to be something that was already there, but they went, we're going to use this too. And it went through essentially uh, where Westport is today. So they kind of forged this trail that moves into the area after this is after independence is created and gives time for uh, people to move out west without going and this would have been more for fur trappers so they would Mm -hmm. have used it as kind of a cut through and so there was a trail that went naturally through like the heart of kansas city right now from independence but there was no westport there yet and so then enters in one of my favorite people of the time which is john calvin mccoy founder of westport founder Mm -hmm. of kansas city he comes into the picture and he's like 
well, wait a minute. He's like 20 years old, which I love. He's like, wait a minute. This is, this is interesting. His family was, a, you know, he came from, uh, his father was a, a Baptist minister. So they, mm-hmm. the reason they ended up here was because all the Native Americans were being shoved out West. And so they end up in, da- in Kansas City proper. His dad built a log cabin where St. Luke's on the plaza is. And that's where he's living. And all of a sudden he goes, I'm going to buy some land right on this new trail. Why not? And so he buys some land, builds a two-story. Who are you log- buying land from back then? Isn't it just like, didn't you just claim it as yours at that point in time? Like, Water. who are you writing a check to, <laughs> you know? Because I'm thinking as you're, as you're taking this trail out west and you're going through all of this land and going through mm-hmm. all of this vast wilderness, why are people just setting up shop? Like, who do you have to buy this land from at that time? Yeah, the government. So you would, you would, there were different land offices. There was one in Franklin. There was one in Clinton later. Um, when, of course, later in Kansas City. So you had to buy it from the government. So you would usually what they would do is they'd spec, they'd actually go out and look at the land first, squat on it, build a cabin, because in order to purchase land from the government, you had to have a dwelling or something on it. Oh, okay. So, so essentially, you know, you're showing your good measure that you're going to use the land in, in the, in the, you know, to settle. And they were going to so, guarantee that they were going to sell it to you after you put in through all this effort and build this stuff. Yeah. And they're not going to like swipe it from you and sell it to a higher bidder. Right. Exactly. So that, so that's how legal land settlement starts the beginning. So these guys would settle the land and most squatters, like in 1843, the area where I grew up, that area wasn't even legally settled until after 1843. And there were people that had been squatting for decades mm. <laughs> like you know but again that was just how it went people you know i mean were you gonna fight a guy with a gun in his hand i don't know probably no, not no. so yeah so they so settlement kind of happens slowly and independence grows in this in this massive form that you know in the 18 you know I, i'd say 1830 to 1840 that's the that's the boom of independence but then as john mccoy buys land and, and there was already a Yoakum's Tavern, which is kind of intertwined in there. I'm like, of course, there was a tavern in Westport. Sure, yeah. Of course, that was the first right. one. Why, why wouldn't it be? Why right? wouldn't it be? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, so, at least it hasn't changed after all these years. You, you know, yeah. you're original, right? Westport can say, <laughs> we're original, right? Yeah, sticking to their roots. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so John McCoy builds this two-story, you know, warehouse, if you will. And he's actually the first one who says, this trail, I mean, you got to think about how, I don't know how they did it. I would have been so dead. You know, I would have died of smallpox for sure. Um, back in these days, if, if he wanted goods from the East, which he had to outfit, you know, he's looking to try to make some money. He had to go to Blue Mills Landing, which is the one by Independence. It took him three days round trip to get stuff, oh my. you know, and who wants to do that? And walking, I mean, it's just a mess. So he realizes that Shoto's Trading Post, which is in current day downtown Kansas City, he sees that and he's like, there's already a, a landing point that they used as a ferry, you know, boat crossing. Mm-hmm. And he said, what, this is big enough for us to drop off here. And so he convinces a, a steamboat captain. Those steamboats are now active. He convinces a steamboat captain to drop some goods at the future site of Westport Landing at the foot of Grand Avenue. And it saved him all this time. So he's like, wait a minute. Now I'm going to create this town. So he creates this town around it, Westport which is four miles south of the uh, Westport Landing. And I mean, it kind of starts stealing business because again, who wants to walk if you can ride? Right, <laughs> so sure. It's, it's steal business. But I mean, to be clear, independence really stayed the forefront until about the California gold rush era. So 1848. I mean, but you got to remember too, I, and, and this is where the other trail route r- runs in. So when you get confused and you wonder how brown signs are everywhere, there's a reason. The independence 
the the main route from independence through my old town of new santa fe you had to cross the blue river which was super dangerous the bridge which is now the red bridge Mm -hmm. obviously the name of the street that wasn't built the first one until 1859 so there's no bridge you got to ford the river and that's those are some of the best swales which is of course created from the weight of the wagon trains um the best swales you'll see in the entire kansas city metro area is at minor park and I mean, they're, they show you how hard it would have been to get up that hill. I mean, it's just no joke. Right. And, they, and they use these crazy landmarks back in the day. Like, just like, I don't know if you, you know, I used to be a runner before my knees gave out on me. And I remember being like, I have to make it to the tree that I see in front of me by yeah. this point. Like you right. give yourself a target, like right. you have to give yourself a target. Well, these guys had targets too, along the Santa Fe trail. So one of them in my area was called the four o'clock hill house. It was literally called the four o'clock house. It's still, I say, standing the foundation and stuff. I'm, the house has been rebuilt, but it's right by St. Thomas More, 118th and Holmes. Okay. And so what they do is they cross the Blue River and they, they knew they needed to get to the four o'clock house by the time they had left Independence by four. And then that, they would know they were on time. And then they camp where New Santa Fe eventually was, which was a big campground right there because there was a natural spring. And so people that live in the Leewood area, if you know where Deer or where Royce is today, Royce is a subdivision right across from like Blue Hills and in uh, Timber Trace at 125th and state line on the Kansas side, there's a pond there. Well, that was a retention pond because there used to be a spring. So people oh, like, okay. yeah, so, so that kind of tells you, I mean, you want to camp near water. So, you know, th- these are all these things that come into play of why people chose the spots that they chose. So after Westport Landing is created and Westport's created, finally, he gets people, he was given land away. Like, just come over here, give me a blacksmith shop, give me a tavern, give me a hotel. I mean, that's how Westport grew. And so then a new route was created. So the next route is what we called the Westport route, which we've gone from Westport Landing at the heart of Grand Avenue. And it would have gone and intertwined into Westport today. And then it went on Warnell Road all the way down to what is now New Santa Fe or was New Santa Fe at 122nd State Line. That's the oldest surviving piece of the Santa Fe Trail. Not the oldest, but the, the longest stretch. It runs right down Warnell Road. So that was the original Santa Fe Trail. So could you have made it from Westport Landing downtown to Westport itself in a day and then on to New Santa Fe in that same day? You would do that all in, in one day. Yeah, because you're talking from the foot of Grand Avenue, Westport Landing. Well, if you're outfitting, you're going to get held up because you have to buy supplies. So it's going to be a couple days. So were Westport Landing and New Santa Fe like competing strip malls, if you will, back in the day? (laughs) I know. I I, I hate to say this. The more I've learned, the more I get upset because I'm like, my little town just, you know, it didn't cut it. You know, it's not there anymore. There's There's another reason for that. but. Um, no, I mean, it never grew like Westport Landing slash because because then Westport Landing, they they ended up building businesses right there, too. Mm-hmm. And then they'd out they would have like the hotel there and then you could go to Westport and outfitted there. And then there was another trail route that went into Kansas about 43rd Terrace and state line, which is going to be that one that went by Shawnee India Mission. They all joined back up together in Gardner. So it's kind of one of those things like, you know. You, you leave on a, on a road trip and you forget your headphones, you might pick up your headphones in New Santa Fe. You know what right. I mean? Like gotcha, that would yeah. be kind of what it was like. So, I mean, if you, if you needed repairs after crossing the blue river, New Santa Fe had you, right. you know? So yeah, I mean, in New Santa Fe was originally that's, so there's Westport that's created, there's independence 
And then you have Shawnee Indian Mission that's cashing in also on uh, the travelers. Mm -hmm. And then you also had New Santa Fe, which was incorporated in 1851 as a little town. It it eventually had at least 500 people living in it. So it wasn't teeny tiny. Right. About the time that it was, it had 500 people to give you an idea. Kansas City had about 1864,000 people. When Kansas City was created, there is no, there was really, it, it was like, 700 people, right? And you think in, in 1850, you know, it, it jumps to 4,000. You get into that era. You right. also have the California gold rush, which just completely impacts. So you can't talk about the Santa Fe trail without in this area, without talking about the other trails because right. they're intermingled. I mean, the Donner party went through here for crying out loud. Sure. Yeah. You no, know? I mean, it's so crazy to think uh, Fremont, you, you know, he was, he was in Kansas city or the uh, really Westport but and he almost committed suicide. That's a whole nother story. Like he was in Kansas City in Westport area before he struck gold and he was he was broke. And then here, you know, the, all these friends of his loan him money to try to keep him on his feet. Then he goes out and just like scores. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a big, right? In the desert. Huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It is. And, and and I think it's it's interesting. I was going to kind of ask you about, like, when did they start making money? When did they realize they could cash in on this? It wasn't too long after people started coming out here that dudes were setting up shop and making some bucks off these folks, huh? Well, yeah, no, absolutely no joke. And there's a double whammy with the location of Kansas City. This is why I will argue to the grave that Kansas City is the gateway of the West, it partially versus St. Louis, because you have two really distinct things happening at the exact same time. You have Indian removal into Kansas. At the same time, you have the Santa Fe Trail, the Oregon Trail, and the California Trail were pioneers, of course. And, and to keep in mind that new, the Santa Fe Trail was used for commerce purposes. You mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of women on it, um, whereas Oregon and California were for families. Um, but at the exact same time that this is happening, just over to the West, you have Native Americans settling. And they have annuities, which means they have money. And so you're not just cashing in as a business owner, serving, you know, ser- selling whiskey to the people who are, you know, going out west. You're selling whiskey to the Native Americans. You're selling, you know, items that they want to the Native Americans, guns, all of that. So that, that was the happy medium of what Westport had that mm-hmm. independence didn't, is that Westport was right there. So people would travel and I mean, the reason that the Shawnee Indian Mission was put where it was in 1839 when they moved was because it was so close to Westport. That's I mean, it's because you're going to capitalize on what you have right there. Sure. So, so can you still drive around town today and see like wagon train ruts and things like that? Are those still preserved anywhere? They are. There's a few. And in my little town in New Santa Fe, there is in the graveyard. Uh-huh. You have to go inside, inside inside the cemetery. It's like the only reason it got preserved is they were like, well, we can't move it because of the grapes. Um, the reason that it, that graveyard that's at uh, essentially Santa Fe Trail, the street um, and Bellevue, which is just in the east from the state line, um, that graveyard wasn't originally there that it, it was in the 1880s. So it, it's not as old as people think it is. There was actually another older burial ground that was called Mount Pleasant Cemetery or King Burial Ground that was to the south of New Santa Fe. And, and what happens with these trails, which is you know interesting, you've got the ruts inside the weights, the best ones, and there's still some over by Bannister Mall if you just want to get, if you don't mind ticks, you, yeah. have, to go into, you have to go into the forest, if you will. But oh. there, there are still some. 
Um, but really, you know, uh, developers like JC Nichols, they, they, got rid of them. they got rid of them. They had to yeah. level the land. Um, now the ones by minor park are the best in the city for sure. Yeah. And, and you can go and, and walk down there and it's really breathtaking to see how deep they are. Um, but you know, what happens too with the trail, if, if you, and, and I'm going to have to kind of reference things because, you know, we have people who listen to this from all over, so this won't be so it's impactful. If you look at like a map that what happens in independence and also benefited the, the new Santa Fe area and also the area of Westport was grazing. So cattle to be able to have your, your team have a place, especially for Santa Fe traders up in independence. That was, of course, if that's one of the first towns, the land up there is more expensive, but people settled it quicker. And so all of a sudden that straight cut through that you had, is fenced off and all of a sudden you're zigzagging all over the landscape and there was no place for your animals to graze mm -hmm. uh, graze and so these uh these traders would actually go out like at the heart of 55th and war parkway was just like a solid campground in the winter oh wow and they would just stay there and they they lay up for the winter stay in the westport area and then they go get their goods early on at blue mills landing it wasn't until really the whole area developed a little bit more that that wasn't the case so the new santa fe area had that same benefit until people started buying land and which happened later because it was further south and so if you look at the santa fe trail even in the 1860s it zigzags through the landscape because people were like get off my lawn literally so you know they they ended up moving the route i know that's crazy but that's what happened and so if you look at the route that's around Avila University, uh -huh. you see the Santa Fe Trail and it does not go straight. It's not this diagonal line anymore. It's because of fencing. Oh, and it's gosh. been that way. It's been that way for uh, forever and ever and ever. It's always been zigzaggy like that, which is kind of, I mean, since, you know, people settled. But right, yeah. originally it was like, no, we went straight through your yard. Now they're like, you can't do that. I put up fencing. So, I want to leave you with this. When did, when did the trail become irrelevant? When did we start to see the usage go down and people go, screw this, we're building? Railroad, uh, 1869. Oh, so, so it wasn't too long really after. Those trails weren't around all that long then, huh? They, yeah, people used the trails in the 1870s and 80s because if you, I mean, it's just like uh, trains make money by weight mm -hmm. and, goods, and goods weigh a lot. So there was still some commerce like that, but in general, you know, one of my favorite stories that I've I've wrote written about before, and this was the California Trail, but was Letty Lipscomb. She was this uh, little, she was six years old when she traveled on that Oregon Trail or California Trail with her parents, and she was so bullheaded she wasn't going to sew and cook like her brother or her siblings were doing, and her mother, and her dad bought her a whip and a pony and let her ride the whole way, six months. Actually, I think it took him seven to get to California from basically the Red Bridge area. And then she, in 1874, was called back to Kansas City area because she had an uncle who needed her help. And so she took the train and she said, what I did in seven months, I only did in four days. Well, as Diane said, clearly Kansas City is the gateway to the West, and we can argue that for days with our friends over in St. Louis. But when you have three major trails taking people out West and expanding this great country of ours, and they all start here in the Kansas City area, I have to agree with Diane. Kansas City really is the true gateway to the West.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 